Welcome to Winning the World for Christ, a Christ Church Way of the Cross podcast with Bishop Ronald Frazier. Christ Church proudly celebrates 20 years of ministry and service to God. Now, here's Bishop Frazier with today's message. I was the lost son. Luke chapter 15, picking it up at verse number 11. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided into them his living, unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. He began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swines did eat. And no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? and I perish with hunger, I will arise, go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy high servant. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fattest calf and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be married. Now his eldest son was in the fields. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked him what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come and thy father hath killed the fattest calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. 
And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he, and he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgress I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this, thy son was come, which had devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fattest calf. And he said, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meat that we should make merry and be glad. I want to preach from this particular subject today. I was the lost son in the house. I was the lost son in the house. Father, speak to our heart and drive the point home that there are times we act like the lost son that was left in the house. Bless us and strengthen us in Jesus' name. Amen. You must read this particular chapter, this 15th chapter, and you'll see of Luke that it starts off talking about the Pharisees and scribes, those guys. They were religious leaders of the day. They were the ones that knew the law, that took the ordinance and and commandments, and yet at the same time, they were lost, and they were in the house of the Lord, but yet lost. Then he moves into the lost sheep. A man had 100 sheep, mm-hmm. and 99 <laughs> was safe, but one was lost. And the man left the 99 sheep and went after the one lost sheep. You'll read on the story. He'll talk about the lady who had 10 coins. And she lost only one of those coins. And she swept that house until she found that lost coin and rejoiced and gave a party because the coin was found. And then it gets to where our lesson is today. The lost son. Woo. The lost sheep couldn't find himself, but the shepherd went after him. The lost corn could not find itself, but the woman went after the lost corn. The lost son had some type of gauge to lead him back to home. The Bible reminds us to train up a child and the way that they should go, and that when they're old, they will not depart from it. Because when you put the word of God in an individual, that word of God has a way of bringing itself back and manifesting itself again and again. The lost son. And I love this story because so often we think about the prodigal son, and we talk about the prodigal son, and we preach the prodigal son, and we teach the prodigal son because the prodigal son, he was lost. The prodigal son did leave. But the prodigal son is really one aspect of the story. The son that stayed home 
and was lost. You know, it's a terrible thing to sit in church and go to hell. Spend all your time in church and not make the rapture. It doesn't make sense. But let's look at the lesson. The prodigal son, when you think about what was wrong with that oldest son, he certainly had a wrong attitude, a wrong disposition. And I'm so glad my brother was coming home. No, that wasn't his testimony at all. His prayer should have been for restoration, that the brother would be revived and come back home. But that's not what he had. He had a wrong spirit. And if you're not careful, we won't receive the lost souls because of the wrong spirit that we have. We gotta do a self-check. A self-check means you gotta look yourself and say, Lord, I wanna make sure I have the right attitude so my brother can come home. The prodigal son, he pondered about what to say to his father. Father, I have sinned I've, I, before you, I've sinned before heaven, I'm no longer worthy to become that son called our son, make me as one of thy high servants. He had a speech together. But I wondered, did he ever think twice about what he would say to his older brother? Was it ever in his mind that his older brother would not receive him back home? Are you listening? Remember the story of Jacob and Esau, how Jacob and wrestle with the angel and preparing himself to meet his brother 24 hours later mm -hmm, and the heavens opened up. He was thinking about that reunion. That oldest son, and if we focus in on him, we'll find that something was wrong with him. The story unfolds, he said, this man, we know he has two sons and he divided his inheritance among them. And what's interesting is the system when the division took place of the inheritance, the father took his inheritance and divided it into three parts. He put, gave two-thirds of his inheritance to the oldest boy. Are you listening? So the oldest son has two-thirds of the inheritance, and the younger boy has one-third of the inheritance. And so the son, the younger son, took his one-third. I love the scripture talks about he gave him his portion and divided them. And not many days after, the young son gathered all together. <laughs> he packed up. He gathered all together. He was so excited. I'm out of here. See ya. Wouldn't want to be here. I'm leaving this place. Yeah, but just, just that attitude. I'm going to, I'm, I, you know, I'm going out of here soon. Mm-hmm. But don't burn the bridges that you had to cross to get where you are. Don't just treat people any kind of way. In fact, mama used to tell us that when you leave home, you leave home right. So if you ever have to come back home, you don't have to duck your head and hide your head. No, you can boldly come back home. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You got to learn to leave home right. Gather all the stuff. He packed everything up. Oh, God. Moving out. Mm-hmm. But the Bible says, and when he had spent all, that means his one-third had run out. It was gone. 
Uh -huh. It was depleted. It was wasted. He was used. He had been abused. And now he had poured out. Anybody ever been empty? Oh, Jesus. Beaten and frustrated, downsized and hard times had hit. And he tried to figure out how in the world will I survive the situation I'm in. I know what I'll do. I'll get a job. And it says, and when he had spent all there rose a mighty phantom in that land and began to be in want. He went and he joined himself. He got him a job. And the job was to feed pigs. You know Jews don't get along with pigs. They don't eat them. They don't touch them. They don't want to be around them. And yet all that was available in terms of work was to feed pigs. And while he was feeding the pigs, giving them the husk, the part of the corn, we're not going to eat. We'll chew on it, but we're not going to eat it. <laughs> feeding the husk. He looked at what the pigs was eating, and he was so hungry that the thought crossed his mind, why don't you eat the garbage that the pigs are eating? Are you listening? Hard times will bring you down. Hard times will drag you way down. I wish I had some hard time babies in here. You see, because we always have it nice and good. You don't know about cornbread and king syrup and butter for dessert. You don't know about beans and, and, and all types of meat stuck in the... Okay, I got it. How in the world do you feed a family and you just have $10, you get some spaghetti and some ground beef. But I don't have spaghetti, I got some macaroni. Some ground beef. And you can eat and have lunch for a few days too. Woo, hard times. And when he came to himself, he said, this is stupid. It just doesn't make sense. He had a little self-talk. He said, how many hired servants of my father have bread and enough to spare? The people that work for my daddy have enough food to eat and enough food to spare. So you know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to rise. I'm going to get out of my situation. And your deliverance comes when you realize where you are. We've hit rock bottom. We bottomed out. I'm at, I'm as low as I can possibly go. I can't go any further. Okay, good. You at the right place where a foundation can be laid. The only place for you to go is up. I will arise. I will arise in my thinking. Sometimes you just gotta look to the hills from whence cometh your help, because your help comes from the Lord. And I don't understand why, but there are times in life that the Lord let us run and bit, hit our head against the wall and allow us to hit rock bottoms. It's at that point that we cry out, Jesus, help me. My education can't do it. My looks can't do it. My finance can't do it. I need your 
help. Anybody been there oh, where yeah. you had to ask God to help you and he came into your situation, your circumstances, and he began to change. I will arise. I'm going to rise in my mind. In fact, I see myself going back home and working for my father. I see myself yeah. delivered. You've got to watch when it's come to a point that you can't even dream about being successful. Can't even dream about having a home. Can't even dream about having a car. Can't even dream about having a great career. The dream, you know, what you want to be when you grow up. The dream, the ability to dream. And when the world can take your ability to dream of being successful, you're at a hard place, brother. I will arrive. And go to my father. And then you got to get your speech together. Because when I get there, I'm going to look in my father's face. I'm going to look and I'm going to say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I've got to acknowledge my sin. And you've got to acknowledge I've done wrong. Because there are some things we've done in life that's plain stupid. I know I shouldn't say stupid. There's some things that we've done in life, some decisions that we made, some moves that we made, even against wise counsel, we did it our way, we were hard-headed, we didn't listen, and we are suffering the consequence of not listening to good, sound advice. I will arise and go to my father, I will say, you were right there, I've sinned against heaven, and before thee, and, and furthermore, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. You see, because your family has a name. Your family have a reputation. Your family have a standard. And I have sunken so low, I'm below the standard that's set for this house. You know, you gotta say it's for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. Amen. You can do what you want out in the world, but for this house, this is the standard for this house. What so and so at the Jones house they do this, and at the Browns house, no, 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 this is my house. Yes. And as for me and my house, this is how we are gonna do it. Don't like it? Get your own house. Amen. And he said, he's, okay, I'll say I'm no longer worthy to be called that son. Ah, uh, make me as one of your high servants. Notice he had his speech all prepared. And he arose and came to his father. But what's interesting about when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. Take note. God sees you just where you are. When you are far away from the father's house, the father saw him, which tells me that the father was watching for him. Oh, Jesus. Secondly, the father had compassion on him. You know what compassion will do? Compassion is love. Compassion means, I, you know, you're pitying me. I know I've done some foolish things. I have compassion. Lord, have mercy. Thank God we are mercy babies. We are children of the mercies of God. If it had not been for the mercy and the grace of God, none of us would be here today. He had compassion. And then it says, he ran. He got in a hurry. He didn't just slowly come. Oh, there he goes. No, he ran to his son to reconnect. 
Because when you make up your mind, you're going to reconnect with God. God's going to get in a hurry. He's going to turn some things over and do some things for you that you said eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, neither haven't entered the hearts of men. The good things that God has prepared for them that love him. You say it seems like it's been taking a long time. I done spent all, I done used all, I done depleted my resources. But God is about to do something in a hurry for you. I receive it. He said, and he fell on his neck. And kissed him. Oh, he saw him. He had compassion on him. He ran to him. He fell on his neck and he kissed him. And the son said, Now I'm going to go over my speech. Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and no more worthy to be called thy son. What's the other part of that story? Make me. He didn't get a chance to get it all out. You didn't get a chance to let me finish my speech. Make me as one of your high servants. No. The father looked at the servant and said, Go get him. The best robe, not a robe, the best robe. And put it on him. Put a ring on his hand. The ring was the singer, like the father's credit card. So you could buy and do commerce and do trading because you had the ring, the authority, the signet of the family and put it on him and put shoes on his feet. You're not a servant walking around here with no shoes. Put shoes on that boy's feet. Oh, Jesus. And they said, bring the fattest calf, which means this calf has been prepared. They have been fattening the calf up for a special celebration. Are you listening? In preparation for something great to happen. You got to begin to fatten your calf. You got to begin to prepare for a great celebration. You got to begin to prepare for God when God, Lord, when you open up that door, Lord, when you make a way, God, when you work this thing out, I'm going to celebrate like this. But I want to tell you, don't wait until God work it out to celebrate. Go on and celebrate in advance. Rejoice in advance. Dance in advance. Praise him in advance. Give him the glory in because you know in your heart, in your spirit, he did it before. He'll do it again. There's a miracle with my name on it. And I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. So he put he kills the fattest calf. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. He said, Let's eat and be merry. For this my son was dead. Why did he say the boy was dead? He didn't hear from him. He didn't get a text from him. He didn't find him on Facebook. No one tweeted him about it. He didn't get nothing, no alert concerning his son. He didn't know where his son was or what had happened. Far as he know, his son was dead. So here is a resurrection. I see my son. Oh God, he's alive again. He was lost, uh-huh. The son was lost. The father said he was lost, and now it's found. And they begin to be married. The party was in full swing. And here comes his elder brother, who was in the field. He was working. As he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard the music and the dancing. He's trying to think, now I've been working in this field all day long. Nobody came to the field and said we were having a party at home. I'm tired, I'm frustrated, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm tired. And I get close to the house and I hear music 
and dancing. The one thing you would want to do is go in the house and check out and see what's going on. Go change your clothes and join the festive. Maybe there's some food inside there. But no, he called one of the servants and asked him what these things meant. And he said, thy brother is come. And thy father hath killed the fattest calf because he had received him safe and sound. I remember when the news came to us that our brother was coming home from prison, we were so excited. We had to get the house clean. We had to make sure, because we had the boys, you know, it was four of us, four boys and four girls. And that meant the bunk bed that was empty is now gonna be filled. Are you listening? Two sets of bunk beds, four, hey, you gotta do what you have to do. But we were excited because the news that our brother who had been in prison was coming home. The house was being ready. And I, my sister them teased me to this day that when they, whenever I said I was coming home from college, it was a great weekend. My mother cooked a good meal. The house was nice and clean. And she knew I was gonna bring somebody home from school with me. And I was just bragging, just excited to go home because the sun was coming home. There's a spirit of expectation for the sun coming home. And I think God wants us to be excited because he has sons out in the world who have left the foe, yeah. but they're coming back home. Yeah. Oh, the harvest is right and the labors are few. Pray ye that the Lord of harvest will send forth labor. Look unto the fields for they're white unto harvest. They're coming, they're coming, they're coming. They're coming, but they're sitting in my seat. So what, move over. They're doing my job. I'm the usher, I'm the greeter. No, no, it's not your job anyway. We're all trying to find a spot that we can work out our soul salvation. The Bible says, uh-huh, thy brothers come, and our father killed the father's calf because they received them safe and sound. And he was angry. The Bible declares that anger rests in the bosom of a fool. When you are angry because your brother has got it together and have come back to God, something is wrong with you. You got a wrong attitude and wrong spirit. You say, well, Pastor, wait a minute. You telling us that we got a wrong attitude, that we got a wrong spirit because you're angry because our brother, no, we're angry because our brother's coming back and he already spent his one third and now he's got to come back and he's going to try to get what I had. No, 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 no. You have a wrong attitude. Your attitude should be, Lord, I thank you yeah. that you spared my brother. Yeah. After all that he's been through, he's finally made his way back. After drugs, after the alcohol, after the sex, after all the things he had done, he messed up his life and you finally got hold of him and you're bringing him back. God, I give you the praise, I give you the glory, I give you the honor for my brother who's returning to you. But no, that's not our attitude. And I want to encourage you to do like the son that stayed at home. Get up in the father's face. Oh, Jesus. Get up in God's face. 
You got an attitude, you have a problem, take it to Jesus. Go all up in the Father's face. And he would not go in. I'm not going in the house. I'm too angry to go in the house. Now, I must caution you, because I've been there. When you are angry, you need to shut your mouth. Because if you're not careful, you're going to say something that you'll regret the rest of your life. So when that anger is on you, just kind of close down. I tell the fellows when I'm teaching the class, I say, fellows, when you're angry and you got those issues, just say, I'm going to 7-Eleven. Well, see, in our case, 7-Eleven is right around the corner. But I'm going to the 7-Eleven in New York. (laughs) Or California, somewhere, where I can get myself together and I can come in. The son was too angry to come in. Let me just say this, in a rage and in an anger, you'll kill a person. In a rage and an anger, you'll get into a fight. When you get into a rage and an anger, you can lose your freedom for the rest of your life. Oh, Jesus. So he was angry. And he would not go in. A house filled with music, a house filled with dancing, a house filled with food, and you're sitting outside. But you know what I like about God? When I won't go to God, God will come to me. When my attitude is out of check, God will check me quickly. He'll come into my face. The Father will get into my face. And my Father is going to remind me, but he'll give me a chance to think. Uh-huh. He'll let me say, Father, and he answered, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgress I at any time thy commandments. Sound like he's high and lifted up, yes. filled with pride, filled with just an attitude that, of, of, that I deserve this entitlement. I deserve everything that I have. Mm-hmm. This son, this no good son of that, as soon as he comes, you turn around, you kill the fattest cat, your spoiled brat. You throw him a party, you make it merry with my friend. You never let me do this. Oh, Jesus. I want you to understand when you get up in the Father's face and after you get it off your chest and you say what you're going to say, then you got to let the Father speak back to you. And the Father say, all oh, this year, son, everything that I have is yours. Oh, my God. You got to catch that revelation. Everything that I have is yours. In other words, you could throw a party any day you want to have a party. You could kill the fattest calf anytime you want to kill the fattest calf. You can play the music. You can have the dancing anytime you want to do it. You can do it. Because all that I have that's mine is yours. And hear what the father is saying to the son that's lost in the house. All that I have is yours. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. Lord, I need a miracle. It's yours. Lord, I need healing. It's yours. Lord, I need deliverance. It's yours. Because all that I have is yours. You blessed him like that. 
You allow that prodigal son to come back like that? No, no, don't get jealous. Begin to celebrate. Begin to thank God that he did allow him an opportunity to come back. Why? Because somebody didn't make it back. Somebody died in their sins. Somebody died in their mess. But God gave your younger brother an opportunity to come back. Where are the intercessors that are praying, Lord, bring my brother back? Where are the intercessors that are saying, Father, give them one more chance? Mm. But as soon as this thy son was come, which has devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed, uh, thou killed the fattest calf. Yeah, I have. And he says, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should marry and be glad, for thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. You understand, this boy that stayed home, he was lost in the house. Yeah. Why be in the church of God and be lost? Yeah. Why sit here in Christ's church and be lost? I don't want to sit in church and be lost. If I'm going to be lost, I'm going to go out there in the world. And I'm going to do the nay-nay. <laughs> and the whip. I just figured y'all need to know I know that. But I don't want to be lost. I don't want to sit in the house of God and be lost. And I know you don't want to sit in the house of God and be lost. But the truth of the matter is, it wasn't the prodigal son who was lost. It was the son that stayed home that was lost. And I was the son that stayed home. And I was lost in the house. You know what I have to do? I need to say, Lord, I'm sorry. Check my attitude. Father, I'm sorry. I got up in your face and I vented. You allowed me to vent. But then you put the mirror up and you showed me that it was because of you that I have whatever it is that I have. And furthermore, if the boy spent one third of his inheritance, it was his inheritance to spend. Why did that older boy get two thirds anyway? Because he was the oldest. And he had the responsibility of to raise his parents or help his parents when they became aged. And it wasn't fair for him to have to take his one third and help his parents. So the parents gave him an extra third to help them. Are you with me? So in reality, the parents are saying, the money is already there. The provisions are already there. Well, why are you getting so upset? Because it's not going my way. Sometimes say, just check our attitude. Because our attitude will determine our altitude. It's going to determine how high we go in God. And every once in a while, we got to hit our knees and say, Lord, I messed up. It's me. I'm sorry. I messed up. Father, forgive us when our attitude is not the way it should be. Father, forgive us when we don't receive our brothers and sisters the way we should receive. The spirit of hospitality should dwell among us. And we bring our attitude into check.
as we stand in your presence, when we get in your face, you remind us that there are things that you're going to do for us. And regardless of what our brothers have done, when they come back, we celebrate, we rejoice, we dance. Like you said in your word, that the angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner that repenteth than over 99 just persons. We repent, God, and we ask that you help us because we are the son that's lost in the house. But just like that lost coin that was in the house, when the woman found the coin, oh God, after sweeping the house, after turning on the light, she caused a celebration. Like the sheep that was lost and the shepherd left the 99 and came out found that lost sheep. Thank you, Father, for the example. We don't want to be Pharisee. We don't want to be like the scribe. We don't want to be high and lifted up, but keep us humble in your presence that we may understand that you are the almighty God, giver and supplier of life. Bless us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You've just heard Bishop Ronald Frazier with a powerful message. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, feel free to drop by our website, www.ChristChurchInc.org. We're also on Facebook at ChristChurchInc and Instagram at Christ underscore Church underscore INC. Winning the World for Christ was produced by Sando Savant Media. Music is provided by the O'Neill Brothers Group. You can find more of their wonderful music at www.oneillbrothersgroup.com. We thank you for listening to today's message and truly hope that it was a blessing to you. Tune in next week for another great word. Until then, have a blessed week.